Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sorted. Okay. All right. Right. Okay. Uh, Assalamu alaikum, everybody. Welcome back to another session of Overrated, Underrated. I'm here with Selena, Nafisa and Sean again in <laughs> White City Podcast Booth. We're very lucky to be recording here again. Thanks so much for having us. Salam, everybody. Thank you for listening to us. It's nice to know that somebody listens to these podcasts. <laughs> um, it was really nice, actually, on the way home the other day. Me and Nafisa jumped on the train and, you know, we're having a board. We always have board meetings, right? So we're having a board meeting on the, the Hammersmith and City line, Big Up TFL. <laughs> and um, we both say Amalia in unison. And then this sister next to Nafisa turns around and she's like, oh, you are you Amalia? <laughs> And um, she just told us, like, she She's listens. like, I listen to your podcast. Yeah, yeah. And it was just really heartwarming. And recently we've had, like, quite a lot of people reaching out to us and just mm. congratulating us on Amalia and um, just telling us how much they've benefited from the podcast, from people saying they they started doing the kid after listening to the podcast. Okay. or Learning to code. Mm. So, alhamdulillah, it's, it's great. Um, shout out to Yasmin Akhtar. I never know if it's Yasmin or Yasmin. So, Salam, thank you so much for that. Thank you for actually approaching us. If you ever do see us out and about, then do say hello. Not that we're famous or anything, (laughs) but you know. Naf, you're up. I need you three overrated, please. (sighs) Relief. Right, first one, overrated, dragon culture on social media. Right, so, again, I'm going to unpack it. Mm. So, a couple of weeks ago, someone tweeted because they took issue with the fact that there was a panel at a conference and they were talking about uh, topics to do with Muslim women and there's no Muslim women on the panel, right? Right, we get it. It's a problem, okay? And they put it, they tweeted it and, you know, the the tone was like, you know, how can this be happening? Da, da, da. It got loads of retweets, got loads of likes. I was tagged in the tweet as well, implying that I should retweet it and like it. I actually know one of the people that are part of that organisation, so I thought, actually, you know what, before I retweet this and add fuel to the fire, let me just message them. So I messaged them and I said, hey, this looks like out of character for you guys. What's the deal here, right? And the reason I did that is because I feel like a lot of dragon culture, and for anyone that who is not aware of what dragon culture is, because someone thought I was talking about people that dress in drag, when I said <laughs> I mean, I didn't think that, but yeah. Um, yeah, so dragon culture is when, like, you're basically calling someone out on social, but is a certain type of calling them out. Um, 
I don't know if I need to go further than defining it as that. And I just think a lot of it, and before this incident happened, a couple, uh, about two months before that, I was like, you know what, I'm not going to engage in that sort of social media behaviour anymore yeah. because I feel like a lot Not that of you it, did before. No, but even accidentally, you know, you might just retweet it quite innocently, not because you're like, oh, I need to drag this person, but you yeah. just want to support something or you want to be you've part of... If you injustice. Yeah, you want to be part of amplifying something and things like that. Um, and I just think a lot of it, it comes back to, like, who is it really for? And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of times it is for people's egos, yeah. for them to be able to really exert, oh, I'm on the good side for literally a, 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 with 40 characters. And I really... For me, the bigger problem is when someone or something is dragged without having a conversation in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like, in this case, maybe she did, maybe she didn't. It didn't seem apparent from the tweet. They could have approached the organisation first and said, hey, what's what's the deal with this? Like, I just don't think... I, I think it's become very easy for the first point of call to be social media and to discuss it publicly when you haven't even had a private conversation. And is it really conducive to change? Yeah, that's the... And don't get me wrong, like there have been some viral moments that have changed things, right? Mm-hmm. But I just... I think it's but there's become... been an objective there as well. Yeah, it's yeah. A petition exactly. or trying to overturn a decision. Yeah. So my second overrated are fashion trends. Um, I I don't even think I need to explain this. But no, I, I feel like a lot of people agree with you. Yeah, like I just you know really? I, yeah like I yeah. keep I see fashion trends and I'm like but this this has already been a trend like it's just so recycled and I think this is where it goes back to making sure that that for me I think they're overrated because if you follow them you start running to the beat of these trends rather than to yourself like Mm. for me I try and strive to have a wardrobe which I won't get bored with so that means I don't follow trends I try and keep it quite minimal um and I think it was because I saw oh leopard is in trend like animal prints are in trend and I was like hold on Cat Slater was doing animal prints from like 1999 (laughs) (laughs) and I just think like even this this winter apparently checked coats are in trend I mean, they just get recycled. And I think it it plays into that whole consumer behaviour, feeling like FOMO, feeling like, oh, I'm not on trend, I'm not up to date. Again, fast fashion, going back to actually what does proper ethical fashion look like? Mm. And it definitely isn't in line with fast fashion. Have you ever had that that feedback? What? Oh, you're not on trend. What trend? Has anyone, have you ever, have you ever personally felt pressured? I've never felt pressured by no. the fact that there's trends. No. I think sometimes it's a subconscious thing. Mm. Like sometimes you're buying certain things because they are just everywhere, right? They're everywhere mm. in the shops yeah, yeah. and it's that. a trend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not necessary. It's not necessarily like a, a pressure of like you're melting that you haven't got the latest trend, but it subconsciously works it, its way in. Yeah, 100. So just be yourself in it. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do get like, I, I am a little bit... I'm, I'm impressed at how resourceful they can be with the recycling of it. Like, uh, uh, like to take a to take something that was in maybe like a year ago, yeah. spin it 45 degrees yeah. and, you know, put that and much marketing hyped it. up about it again. Yeah. 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 I think what it is, is is just don't feel pressured to follow fashion trends. That ain't nothing. It there, it's a trend for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It'll come and it'll go. Like, there's certain things in my wardrobe that they... they you know, like today I came into the office wearing check trousers. Apparently that's in trend, but I bought these five years ago. Just so. buy what looks nice. I yeah, mean, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've been trendless for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by my trendlessness. 
Okay, can I have your third one, please? My third one, and I contemplated whether I should put this in, but I've just, I'm no, really fed up. I think iPhones are really overrated. What? I've Hang on. Did you just steal no, mine? No, I didn't. She stole mine. No, I didn't. Thiefage. So, Go for I was actually going to wait and put this in overrated once I got my Samsung upgrade <laughs> and got away from iPhone, but I just couldn't wait because it's so much pent-up anger inside. So, my thing with iPhones is... Why don't your phones last more than a year? Why are they glitching after 12 months? Why are your charges always breaking? Why are your charges so short? Why is your latest phone the price of a Mac? Correct. And the the other phone just came out how many months ago? Yeah. And also, what is this non... Like, Apple is meant to be known for this, like, seamless experience, this beautiful minimalistic design. But hold on. Your Mac and your iPhones have two different earphone jacks. Therefore, you have to have two pairs of earphones. Foolish. Like, how is that a seamless... Steve Jobs is rolling in his grave, guys. This is not acceptable. Oh. Exploitation. It is. It's ridiculous. And so I've... It, don't get me started on the storage issues. I actually feel like starting a boycott that iPhone. Like, honestly. honestly. Oh, but they're really underscale. You know what? I had two friends who, this year, they made the move away from Apple. And they went to Android. They got Google Pixels, both of them. And? And I was pretty impressed um, Until and they they were they were doing their utmost to convince me. I had like a good two three months, but. and then when it got to the crux and I got my uh, upgrade notification, I was like, I can't like I can't do it. We're so plugged in. I'm so attached. Their mm-hmm. products, I I just I can't deal yeah, with. Yeah, but I'll come up like the Android and it's interface. iPhone though. in particular. Android's interface. I can't. Nah, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna on lay on because it's my overrated as well, and I'm just gonna add my two pence. My thing is, you've got. I'm looking at at Sean's Mac and I'm looking at all of our iPhones like mm. they're beautifully designed Why the chargers the don't last smashed? they fray their revenue Average. comes I think first or second most from accessories I mean that's iPhones. that business model has always existed printers are cheap yeah cartridges <laughs> very expensive but why are we suckers why because we suckers it's again it? it's an aspirational I thing I feel like I need to make like a and not an oath but an agreement that I'm I'm going for Samsung yeah. The only thing Samsung that I'm scared, scared about really? is it doesn't have FaceTime, right? But you can do what? Just do WhatsApp? WhatsApp video, man. Do you think? Yeah. All right, then. All right. Oh, I'm stuck with my I'm done. No, I'm, done. I'm over it. Because you know what? I should have had someone holding my hand. I should. Someone should have been there. And oh, this it was is the alone. thing. They plug you into this FOMO of like, Apple is so cool. and Apple. Right now, I'm so fed up. Lena. Uh, men don't listen to this podcast, you know. They do. They do. Oh, okay. Hello. Assalamu alaikum, brother. I hope you're all right, inshallah. Maybe it's time for you to switch up for a bit. Um, but I'm going to talk about bras being overrated. And Sorry, uh, there's so <laughs> many angles. Like, you know, I don't want to talk about the size of my bust. And I'm not going to. But it's very hard to find. Number one. Or, you, you, you're saying that bras are overrated. Bras are overrated, and one aspect of the bra being overrated is actually the fact that it can give you a back problem. If you're not wearing the right bra, it can really affect you. What's the first thing you do when you get home? Not take my bra off. Exactly. Okay, clearly I've got a bad bra. <laughs> I am so on the other side. Do you sleep with your bra? I flipping love oh, my bra. No. Do you sleep with it? Yeah, but the thing is, I don't wear a wire. Okay. So it's, it's just like, like it's, it's just an extra, like, you know, 
you know, society expects us to have these perky, round, perfect boobs, and then bras are meant to facilitate that aesthetic. But I don't know why we can't wear vests or crop tops, and you know, just let it be a bit free. You know, um, Slumflower, she started a movement called Saggy Boobs Matter. There you go. <laughs> There you go. It's true. Yeah. And I'm just like, why am I having back problems? Like, you know, once but isn't you go that issues with your bra thing. Once you go bra. beyond a certain size, you are not shopping in H and M for a bra. Mm-hmm. You're not shopping in just. I can't just go into any shop and buy a bra. A bra for me is a big investment. It's like thirty for thirty quid for a good bra. They are quite expensive. That's a lot. Do you know what I mean? If mm-hmm. I if I was you know shout out to my size A sisters but if you're <laughs> size double A or B you can just walk into New Look H&M all these stores it's actually bad to do that though well, I don't want to say you what you're get, saying you should get measured and go to um, does everyone really know their right bra size you go into five bra, bra shops right Yeah, and get me- measured you it's can't, all different sizes you should always go into a specialist bra shop especially when you're going through puberty otherwise it will affect your development like if you get I'm not developing anymore babe 33 if you're going Going through puberty, it's really, and I did not have that kind of education when I was growing mm, up. That's Neither important. Did I. Yeah, and yeah. it's so important. You can't just go into Primark, like the prettiest one there. And, <laughs> and it's it bad for, like you said, mm. bad for back structure. It gives you pain. Like me and my mum were talking about it, like the relief that we have when you take our bra off when we get home. Like, I feel the relief. Do you know what I mean? So that's me. me nice not and me. short. So yeah, did that make sense? Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, cool. My next one is, now I, they've tried to not let me do this on many weeks, but I just need to come with it. So I'm just going to come with my definition first. So number one, the de- definition of the word thank you is a polite expression okay. when acknowledging a gift, service or compliment. It's an expression of thanks. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I used to think that the word khair was just a translation of thanks in Arabic, right? But when you actually start deeping the... Why are you guys laughing? <laughs> because I, you really have tried to do this every week. <laughs> every week I've tried to come with this. But we like Selena is dead. <laughs> and I try and say Jazakallah khair a lot, right? It's a bit of a mouthful. It's a bit of a tongue twister. You know, when someone's just packed you a bag for you in Sainsbury's and you see it's a Muslim sister, you're trying to say Jazakallah khair and they give you the odd look. Mm. I'm doing it because I don't want to just say thank you to you. Thank you is so meaningless. Like it's, oh, come on. No, it's, it's not meaningless. Between, if you know, you know, thank you. Jazakallah khair. I can't even say it properly, but I try my best, <laughs> isn't it? When I'm going to read the definition for Jazakallah khair. So when we say thank you, we obviously intend um, to let the other person know how we feel about their gift, about what they've done for us, whatever it is. And with Jazakallah khair, you're literally making the world for the person. As you're saying thanks to them, you're making the world for that person that Allah rewards them because your thanks and your gratitude will never be enough. Mm. And I think we just need to revive it a little. And I'm all about reviving the salam. I feel like Selena can have a whole podcast about glossary terms that she wants to revive. Guys, is that. there a difference in how you say Jazakallah yeah. to a man and Jizakala Jizakala Jizakala, the biggest right? anxiety? Sometimes I put Jazakallah Khaira, sometimes I put Jazakallah Khair, sometimes I put Jazakallah Khairan, but I don't so know. Jazak's not know. even a thing. Like, it's, no. it's not. You'll get so told guys. Last week I put in my underrated um, natural deodorant mm-hmm. because I want to have you guys live your best life mm. this week i also have some products for you yeah. um so i don't know which one to do first go on do just just do the first one at the list and then last one last one first right 
The first one is underrated are non-toxic candles. And the reason I feel like this is very important to raise mm-hmm. is because since we're in this whole hype of self-care, mm-hmm. and self-care means lighting candles in a bubble bath, mm-hmm. as Lena has spoken about, um, actually your average candle that you're buying is actually quite toxic. Yep. Right. And we're just totally <laughs> killing people. Not that great. We, no, but I'm, I want you to have the best air in your house, in your room, right? Mm. So I did a bit of research. And um, so most of the candles that you'll find in like your shop, in your high street stores, they're made from paraffin wax mm-hmm. and synthetic fragrance, right? Mm-hmm. And so when it's burned, when it's burnt, when you burn it, mm. The paraffin wax, which is made from petroleum waste, yep. creates a toxic toxic wow. benzene and toluene, to, uh, some chemicals, basically. <laughs> it creates toxic chemicals. Some chemicals. Um, both of which are known as carcinogens, mm-hmm. right? Wow. And carcinogens are cancer-causing chemicals. Um, it means that breathing them in is as bad for your health as secondhand smoke. Um, I'm not going to, like, verify my stats. Just go do your research. Don't take it from me. Um... And the artificial scents and dyes often used can release harmful chemicals when burnt, possibly triggering asthma attacks and allergies. Um, And the reason I came across this is because someone bought me a soya wax candle and they burn um, really well. Do they burn slower? They burn slower, yeah, they last a lot longer. They also are mixed with, the one that I had was mixed with essential oils. So the natural essential oils, they also have quite a few calming qualities, which is the whole point of the candle. So people are burning these toxic candles, getting anxiety, but really you're just not breathing properly. Yeah. Yeah. And they probably sit at home like with the snivels and think that they're allergic to X, Y, Z and it's actually just the air. Yeah. I have to say they are very expensive. Buy an oil burner and just do essential oil. That works really well. Yeah. But you can make your own, just like you can make your own washing detergent. (laughs) uh, From the same thing. Yeah. So um, Etsy are always really good for. I get all of my soy and beeswax. Beeswax is also yeah. like candles. No, I don't make my own candles. I think that's happened. <laughs> yeah. But I do buy them on Etsy because um, Etsy have got people who make their own candles. Mm. They're like amazing for. Etsy got people that make all sorts everything, of everything. Yeah. So there you go. Support small businesses as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, stop buying these cheap candles and They're doing your self care you. sessions. Right, my second underrated, I wasn't quite sure what to headline it, so Sarah helped me out here, and we've gone for underglorified causes. Can you explain? (laughs) So, (laughs) initially when I made the list, I wrote Muslim Youth Helpline, and what I was trying to get at is that I feel like especially... So charity is very important to us as Muslims, right? Mm. It's a pillar of our faith. We see everyone come out in Ramadan. We see Charity Week. We raise loads of money. We, we see the articles where Muslims have raised the most. Yeah, and... so like we're we're a charitable group, alhamdulillah. Yeah. Um, but I I feel like there is. So I the the reason I raised it was because I feel like we've been almost kind of conditioned into seeing giving charity in terms of money as the only noble causes are the ones where people are fleeing from war, where people are in, like, really dire conditions and they're literally, like, at breaking point with nothing left. Um, and, of course, we should be supporting these sorts of causes. But I think... So what, you're not telling us to stop? No, no, no. no. But no. I think what it's created mm. is this, like, hierarchy where... Who's most needy? 
this hierarchy of like it's not as noble to support a cause on your doorstep or and the reason I say that is because the weekend just gone I cycled 60 kilometers to raise money from a youth helpline um link in bio mashallah well done alhamdulillah <laughs> and um again I don't know if this will make it but um I've raised for a couple of charities online, right, publicly, and they've been for the causes that I was talking about before, like very dire situations. And this has probably been my hardest raise. And I think it is very symptomatic of people associating charity within our Muslim communities as abroad, as to very bloody and very traumatic experiences. But actually it was someone on my social media Message me and she was like, not all trauma. She she basically said some trauma is silent and trauma looks mm-hmm. very different. Mm-hmm. And the reason I chose to support Muslim Youth Helpline is because they're doing a lot of work for for us here in the UK. Right, mm-hmm. they're supporting thousands of Muslims. You know, we saw that reconcile piece did the rounds on Twitter when we published mm-hmm. it. There were so many things to unpack there, and you know, they are a helpline that are dealing with people who are having a crisis in their faith, people who are struggling with mental health challenges, people who, you know, are just in in quite a bad place and things like that. They're dealing with the stuff that is not seen as like glorious charity. You know, they're just, they're picking up the phone for people and they're picking up the phone to talk to them. And so I I feel like there's, yeah, I, I feel like we need to rethink what charity looks like. Charity doesn't always look bloody. It doesn't always look like trauma. Sometimes it is these initiatives that are setting up wider infrastructure for generations to come. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not as, as glorified. And I think there is... Yeah, I think <clears throat> it's, it's interesting because it's uh, reviewing your intention and reviewing why you give charity. Mm. So I used to work in the charity sector... And it was so interesting how, you know, people would ring me up and be like, yeah, sister, you know, can I go to Syria? And I'd be like, and do what? And they're like, oh, you know, give out the food parcels. And I was like, but you have an IT degree and you've graduated from, you know, insert high level uni. Can't you come in into the charity and help us strategically mm. or something like that? But it's that whole thing you want to feel. Mm. You want to feel you're doing the charity for yourself, actually. Mm. And, yeah, charity is something that you actually do for yourself. It's, you know, it's cleansing, whatever it is. But sometimes you won't feel that, you know, I'm saving somebody who's Mm. fleeing a war-torn country. I'm not saying don't support that. But there could be a a sister living on your road who's in a really bad marriage. She's now divorced. She's fleeing domestic violence. And Mm. she's going to someone, you know, a, a, a charity that helps with UK a UK-based charity mm. and they're unable to house her because essentially there's no funds. Mm. They're unable to give her counselling because mm. there's mm. no funds. They're unable to provide for her baby because there's no funds. Mm. And to really think about, you can make big impact. And I've seen it firsthand in the charity sector. Like, we really had to push UK-related uh, programmes yeah. and explain to people like you're helping your neighbor and mm. this there's the hadith is it hadith this you know in the quran it does say a lot about actually helping your neighbor yeah. the people and you know what we if you want to feel it imagine you're help, helping people in your own community yeah to get up from their feet i actually have this friend who was explaining to me that on her estate her mom basically been appointed and what she does is she collects money from every member of that community every 
every month. So mm-hmm. everyone will put in what they can afford and it gets redistributed to a member mm-hmm. of that community that needs it. So like... Mm-hmm. So like microfinance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I just that's something that they like self-initiate. It's almost like a work flow. Can you imagine you? then like one month you know that you've paid for the sister's pushchair? Yeah. Over you've helped her with her travel card to get to work for that yeah, month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wherever you respectively live, mm. you know, finding out actually w- what's happening. Mm. Um, you know, shout out to Sufra Kitchen if you're unable to mm. donate money. Then perhaps you know items like porridge or soup or baked beans or whatever it is, and go to your local food bank. Mm. Yeah. My bigger thing was the wider conversation around like what does noble charity giving look like Mm. and actually it doesn't just look like giving and I get it like if you look around the world if you look at a lot of Muslim majority countries we are in a dire state and Mm. we are at crisis point and I'm not saying don't give to those causes but I'm just saying also think about the the other things that are happening closer to home. Mm. I mean you know it's where we are right now we're um, based in White City at the moment we're in the what's it the Vox Box And just over no, the, no, again, I get it wrong every week. But just over the trees, you can see Grenfell Tower, mm. and you know that's not cha- you know the the cause the charities that are helping Grenfell, they're not overseas programs. This is on your doorstep. Yeah. It's you know it's here. Do we not want to help those families to mm. rebuild their lives? Mm. You know whether it's counselling, whether it's you know what whatever type of help it is. Just really thinking about there are people in need in our own mm. cities. My last one is something to help you uh, live your life, basically. Um, I downloaded an app called Moment, and there's there's various uh, versions of it on the App Store. And because is it available on Android? There's a version on Android. I think it's. All right, I need else. to look deeper into this whole available. Is it available on, on Android <laughs> business? Can I listen to the podcast on Android? Yeah, man. So, I just need to this check, is another you know? thing. Like the, the the iPhone. You know what iPhone? Because it always says not available on. Android. No, you know what iPhone and Android reminds me of the way Londoners go on in relation to the rest of the UK. Yeah. iPhone is the London. I mean, and there's Android no TFL the anywhere else. See, there you go. The way Londoners move is if like <laughs> you know you're your own country. Is the way iPhone people move. I mean, you got. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Some cities in the UK, there's no Nando's. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think Wolverhampton got their first Nando's episode one overrated. There you go. Um, yeah, so basically, what this app does, and it is a bit scary because it puts a mirror up to yourself about your phone usage, right? 
is that it basically tracks your screen time. Oh, well, no, we don't want that, do we? I know. I and it. I downloaded it literally yesterday. Look, so my screen, and it tracks pickups, which is what awful. Is pickups? The number of times you pick up your phone. Oh, no, I don't understand. <laughs> oh, I, my I fully God. So today, it's all, do you? yeah, just don't do anything with it. Don't, exactly. <laughs> so it shows you your screen time. So right now, today is 2 p.m. And my screen time has been one hour, eight minutes. That's not bad. Not bad. And number of pickups has been 30 pickups so far, yeah? And then it gives you a timeline of how long those pickups have, have wow. been. So like at 12.59, <laughs> it's for three minutes. At 103, it's for six. And what I think is the, the thing is that the pickups are very short intervals. And it is that like, you know, that like you just reach like for your dose. phone and you don't have a reason and you just yeah. like scroll through, habit. It's scroll, like scroll, scroll, yeah. done, put it down. Like there's a 21 minute one, but that was intentional use. I was sitting on the train replying to emails, yeah. right? Um, and actually, I've only been using it to, for two days. And yesterday, my pickups was, guess how much? Do you see it? No. I don't know. 75. And I, I feel like that's bad is, for I, a day. I could say, oh, that's a lot. That's not enough. I don't know what that's relative to. I think it's to. like something like we all pick it up like a hundred times a day or something. Wow. And I th- and how even many, how many times how many times is that in an hour? I'm not sure. Do oh, you come feel on, quick like maths. Though, with this, <laughs> with this the, with them, in terms of objectives, it depends how many hours you're awake for. Well, it's like I mean, unless you do you're the a twelve-hour right? day on a twelve-hour 12 day divided by seventy-five equals zero point one six an hour. Is it? But like yeah, even but, yesterday. Yeah. So even from yesterday. I saw it and I was alarmed and I was mortified. I was like, right, too much time on my phone, right? And even this morning, I wanted to decrease my pickups and yeah, decrease yeah. my screen time. So what I did, I didn't look at my phone in the morning. I didn't look at it until 11 o'clock when I got to my meet. 10 o'clock, sorry, when I got to my meet. I didn't use it on the train because I didn't want that pickup number to be high. Yeah. I didn't want screen time to be high. Um, and I think like in an age where we're all talking about anxiety all the time, we need to take more responsibility of the causes of that. Do you know what I feel like saying? Everyone, download it. Yeah. When you hear this podcast, download it yeah. and DM us what your pickups are yeah, beneath like the post. Put, put Let's do a post yeah. around I it. I feel like devil's advocate, people are going to be like, if you're aware enough to think that you, you, you're in need of an app, yeah. Then wouldn't you be able to just <coughs> monitor it yourself? So I don't think people. You're realize. not even aware how yeah. much. You're not even aware of the how much, and I think this is what it does. I, I've I've been looking for something like this. Yeah, and I like for me now. I'm like, okay, today I want to shave off half a time, half an hour of my screen time. Yeah. Or because human beings are smart. Yeah. Don't you just use it smarter? You're like, you know, what, I'm going to pick it up and yeah. have it up for twenty minutes. Yeah, but you don't need it for twenty minutes. Mm. Those those three the the big I think for me looking through my timeline of yesterday the bigger issue is those small two minutes here yeah. one minute's here because it's wonder, like what are you picking it's up? Just treating it like a bit of a fix really yeah. isn't yeah. it? Like if you become mindful of that habit then I'd be interested to see the relationship between pickup and time. Mm. So if you're going to decrease your pickup, will your time remain the same mm. or will it decrease? Like yeah. how does it affect your behavior? Yeah, because yeah. I might actually say I haven't used my phone much in the day at home let me do that half an hour or actually I've used it the same amount of times but I've picked it up less yeah. so now I need to reduce my time yeah I think my my th- like right now I'm focusing on screen time hmm. but part of that is picking it up less but I just think it's time that we all hold a mirror up to ourselves of like the reality of our phones and how much time we're wasting right, on let's it. do an experiment yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Selena and I will download the app as well Wicked. does it register if it's in your pocket if you're like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that's not a pickup. No, if it's moving no, no, around, no, no. right? Interesting. And then we'll reveal the results. And I'll the be like the episode. tech is flawed. <laughs> All right, yeah. cool. Next, okay. next podcast. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, sorted. Okay. Co- you don't have it, do you, Sean? 
Can I just say, this also ties into the whole Android versus um, iPhone debate. On Android, there are a lot more apps to help you with blocking your time on your phone, yeah. making sure you're not touching it. I want to see the data between like who Android uses and who iPhone uses and how their lives are iPhone different. users are the sheep. I'm telling you, we're, all, we're the sheep. You know what? That's one of the pictures my friends gave me to move over to Google Pixel. Yeah. Do you know I'm going to go to Nokia 3210? No, but if you had Stick a Nokia 3210 and then maybe a little iPad mini. Oh, no, no. No, no, no it's going to no. turn into a whole iTouch situation. They Go-lash. roped us all in. They stopped selling iTouches now. Do you remember that? What iTouches? No, what? Listen, I had an iTouch when what, I was younger. What's that? You listen to music. That's no, iPod it's an bits. iPod that's <laughs> not a phone. I mean, it's an iPhone that's not a phone. So it's just an it iTouch. It was just there to... Be an iPhone, but without calling. So they were selling iPhones. What? You don't I miss that. Did I you know you're too locked in, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I had, I, because I refused at this that, point. That I thought moment, I was, did you not think, what am I doing? No, Nafisa. In fact, I thought I was doing the better thing by not buying into the iPhone I business. heard about this, actually. And yeah, so yeah. I had so an iPhone. So you're going to be an unneeded product. Well, because I just had loads of, I mean, I was an iPod person. What was your phone at that time? I had a Prada LG phone, which I saved up for. Wow. I know. It was rubbish. But I remember thinking of it as like a separate... Um, Did they even have that many apps back then? Was the app store even listen, alive? It was just like tap tap, isn't it? <laughs> tap tap? What's tap tap? Oh, what? Shush. What? Sean, tap tap? What's no, that? really? How? No, Everyone, young, no, people yeah, know yeah. what I'm talking about. They do. What's tap tap? Listen, it was just basically, it was just an upgrade from an iPod. So okay. I, was, I, I had iPod. iPod is like. It was just an iPod with a screen. And then. So this. And then this. eventually oh, they stopped selling them. Yeah. And then they stopped selling them. And every it's iPhone or nothing now. Yeah. Anyway, that's my underrated, guys. Very buy, good buy, buy Sawyer Candles, uh, download mm-hmm. moment, or whatever the Android version <laughs> is, and donate to charities that are closer to home. Alhamdulillah. Lovely. Right, so my underrated, I don't want to sound like a mum. Obviously, everyone knows that I'm a mum. I've got two kids. Shout out to Aisha and Issa. I don't think they can hear, hear some of these podcasts. But anyways, the first one, ladies and gentlemen, is bedtime. I'm here for it. <laughs> so, I've noticed. So, what what I'm trying to say is, let's not deny, there is a correlation between you coming into work in the morning, oh, I'm so tired, or whatever it is. Are you talking to specific team members? Here? No, not at all. I would never at anyone. I'm outing myself, even. Why are you tired? What did you do? Because you've been scrolling on your phone too late night. What did... You know when you said, oh, what, oh yeah, I had late night. Oh, what were you doing? And the pers- person can't really answer what they were doing because it was nothing. They <laughs> it's was their phone. It's it was their phone. They were on their phone reading article or whatever it is on social media, blah, 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 blah. But I don't think we're actually realising how much it's having an impact on your life. You're now turning up for your new day, another day that Allah has given you, and you're tired. You can't, like how? You, I, I, yeah, no, it's true because you know the other day we were actually talking about it, and I was like, "Are you really just gonna go through life?" And then when Allah asks you, "Why didn't you achieve or hit certain goals?" You're like, oh, "I was tired." Yeah. Oh, I slept late. I was tired. <laughs> Has why are you tired? On like because you're sleeping well. late. Yeah. yeah. Why are you not go- it's waking up? Why are you unable to wake up for fajr? You know, I'm not going to add anyone because I struggled too, <laughs> but. You know, you're not get, we're not getting up for fudger. We're not, you know, f- able to focus. We're reaching for that sugary breakfast. We're reaching for the carbon. It has such a knock-on effect on everything you do. Yeah. 
And, you know, tiredness. Your mood. One thing I always say, do not let your mood dictate your manners. But the honest truth is, when you are tired, you you do have a short fuse. I Mm. am. I I rarely get into bad moods. And I don't even get into bad moods when I'm... um, Tired. Yeah, but I cannot function on anything less than eight, nine hours. I cannot. People are, you know, all throughout studies and everything, everybody was like, I'm still in bed by nine. Whatever. Whatever. I had to get my, I had to get my eight to 10 hours, uh, 10 hours when I was younger and everybody has their own sleep. She don't get 10 hours, she gets 50 hours. She (laughs) loves to sleep. No, it's so good for you. She tried to put me to bed that day. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember when I was like, I said, oh, can you wait? She came in my room. We don't live together. She just happened to be where I was. I just loitered around sleeping. <laughs> and then uh, I was like, oh, wake me up because I was putting the kids to sleep. I was like, wake me up in half an hour. And she's Bruv, like, it was like 9.45. In the evening. Yeah. Uh, what are you getting woken up for? It's yeah. not nap time. It's bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Selena, Selena is the worst culprit. Selena d- texts at I four a.m. I can't wait for your moment. I can't wait for your data. Sometimes <laughs> I get an email from Selena at like four a.m. Yeah. I'm at Fajr and I'm like, she's working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I can't wait to see her timeline. It's gonna be like one a.m., five a.m., three a.m., nine forty-five, twelve. It's, you're gonna be like, okay, so when's the block of sleep? Uh, you know, alhamdulillah. I'll be honest. I haven't. I. I. I, I I can do all right with that. Sleep. So my mum's the same. My mum has functioned on five hours of sleep. Okay, guys, this is an actual conversation because yeah. I've done so much research into this. Yeah, it went yeah. really deep. My mum and my nan both functioned on five hours sleep their whole lives. They're fine. They've got the most energy. In fact, they've got more energy than most people I know. Yeah, yeah. all put together. Allah my If I had five hours sleep day after day, I'd become a murderer. I would. De- I would. De- I would. <laughs> I'll not be fine. Yeah, no, no, you're not wrong. I'd become psychotic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, I'm the same. I'm, I'm complete abysmal, but. There is a science to it. So basically... What, you're telling me that I can become that person? Yeah. Do this, I'm not like, going to be that person, guys, just to let you know. <laughs> I can go... So you can basically train yourself. How? To, to sleep less. But I think that our sleeping pattern's off already. So we've kind of had these discussions yeah, at work already hour, anyway. Yeah, basically because lighting was invented and our days were extended and our Who's working hours... Someone's going to wheel us away. <laughs> <laughs> Because basically our sleeping pattern as human beings has just been disrupted entirely. Like mm. back in the day, they woke up at dawn and they went to bed at dusk because basically those are the only light- and Yeah, they're yeah. the only lighting hours that we daylight hours that we had. The amount of oh. intelligence and in they, Islam, man. They used to wake up, uh, but even more, even more that. And this was at a global scale that um, uh, I don't know who it is. I'm just going to say scientists. It's not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> scientists discovered that you wake up like. And naturally, they would wake up and in like. But that's bare early. No, it's well. Listen, they wouldn't know. A lot of them would go like late into the night. They'd have okay, their dinner fine. parties, rare, rare, rare. But basically, things would start to shut down or wind down, mm. unless you were like, you know, had some high status and were able to go late into the night. Blah blah blah. Otherwise, especially if you had like quite a laborious job, like a farmer or something like that, you'd wake up in the early hours. Mm. You'd probably gather around the fire. You'd have like a couple of like things to eat you'd have a chin wag and then you'd go back to sleep again so it was like disruptive so wait you woke up for what the way that our uh, sleeping patterns were originally was to sleep in incremental mm. stages so like so kind of like the four hour thing yeah. we weren't meant to sleep in a whole block yeah. like we currently do but we're only Tell doing that sleeping is stupid yeah <laughs> but we, we currently do that because of the way that our working day work so we have we're also lighting so you're telling me it. even our sleep is commercialised correct Unfortunately, well, like it's, it's, uh, it's, right, I'm going to protest sleep from today. It's artificial because we've got lighting yeah. that makes us think that we can go on for a lot longer than it's we true. actually can. Like because now we've got this lighting in our phone, yeah. yeah, right in our face. I just want to drop a fact there. 
that our eyes, some of our eyes, are exposed to iPhone light more than sunlight. Because there is there is the you. argument that we should sleep in two sets of four. Yeah. So if you look into sleep cycles, exactly, there's actually if you could do complete a, a whole sleep cycle, something like that. Yeah. If you you have something called REM, which yeah. it takes half an hour to get into a deep sleep with REM, rapid eye movement. Yeah, and then you have your you have about half an hour of a deep sleep, and then basically you just go through the motion like that. So if you time, it's a bit long. Yeah, mm. to sit there and figure out your week of sleep cycles. But if you get into the habit of it, you're like, you know, have you ever heard that myth? I don't even think it's a myth. If you bang your head on the pillow, Sean, listen. If you bang your head, <laughs> if you bang your head on the pillow, the amount the amount of times that you want to wake up, your body clock will Shut adjust. Up. To it. I, um, have you tried it? <laughs> I have tried it once or twice, but I, can't, I, I can't remember. Head? I can't remember. This is your pillow, isn't it? So it's not going to hit that hard. Your seven, body clock. I wake up at seven, I'm blanking seven times. Yeah. Okay, listen. And let me just go and get some is stats and figures and come back. <laughs> it's a legit thing I've heard, guys. Yeah. Um, guys either way. Research. All right, my next one is, and I feel like actually you could, YouTube could probably help me with this one mm-hmm. for a lot of us who are entering adulthood or making these or moving away from home for whatever reason housing is now like the big decision mm-hmm. and I've just been around, around a lot of families that are talking about you know renting mortgage halal mortgages you know the you know you hear people say oh but mortgages are haram mm-hmm. we can't um take part in riba riba mm-hmm. is basically tax no, sorry, not, not tax. tax. <laughs> no, we about. pay our taxes, guys. <laughs> um, don't want to be involved in riba. So which what is, is interest? Which is interest, which is leaving a lot of people in a per- perpetual state of renting. Mm-hmm. And when you're actually a family of four, mm-hmm. if you look, I'm gonna come with London again. But if you look at you know the rates of renting just within London, and the areas, if you're going to be you know a larger family, your income's actually not that high. And you need a suitable place. Or oh, even if your income's high, man. But you end up going to deprived areas. It's really hard. And there was a, a research study done. I think it was MCB. I, I, I don't know who, but it showed that a lot of Muslims live in deprived yeah, areas. Yeah. yeah. It's and something I think like they had the highest social housing percent, which is something like twenty-seven or twenty-eight. And I'm not saying that that data is because all of us are wanting to rent and we're not taking mm. part in riba, but it is a factor, right? Mm. A lot of us are. Uh, and you know, you you were telling a story of someone that's been renting for how many years? Twenty two years. Twenty two years they yeah. have been renting. Crazy. And I'm just <laughs> I think about our parents like they had we weren't I'm not gonna have a house. No, no. Not in London anyway. Like I'm not gonna have a house. So we read. I feel like there's a housing crisis coming. It's here, mate. It's here. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, here. here. Yeah. it's here. And I'm I just looking think, at this pod. I'm like, I'm oh, dad don't mind living <laughs> in here. Not bad, right? Not bad at all. And. You know, I was looking at a couple of flats in the area and stuff, and I was like, wow, like, unless you're two income, doing well, it's it's really difficult. It's very hard. It's very difficult, and I just don't... There needs to be something. I, I don't know what it is, but there needs to be some for, for, form of solution. There We've is. had the 25% buy to rent, yeah, I don't know. first to buy. I mean, it's not a very viable solution, or it's not a solution that a lot of people would veer towards. But a lot of people have gone into, like, makeshift housing, so, like, yeah. things like on-the-road tiny houses or mm. um, Netflix has got a Sarah Bean yeah. documentary out. Yeah, I nearly yeah. clicked on it. it was, I watched it was, all series, it's all the episodes. It's, it's more than a trend. The Netflix documentary is called How to Live a Mortgage-Free Life. And, like, I really want to get a warehouse and convert it because, again, like, I personally don't 
want to go down that route. I also, I just, I don't, I was talking literally about this yesterday, like, there, something needs to be done because it is literally a crisis. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it sure. just, I, it's just too oh, expensive. My favourite thing ever would be to just get a bunch of shipping containers or just yeah. even watching them, people renovate them into these mm. really yeah. resourceful... The thing is, in terms of housing, if we just look at the UK, the landscape, and actually other countries, the landscape of the economy has hugely changed. There's a, it's a lot more service industry. Mm. So actually everything is happening in London. Before we had manufacturing in... Well, <laughs> <laughs> London. How many times have I said London in this? There was manufacturing in other parts of the UK, right? So there were jobs out there. We recently went to Hartlepool in the summer holidays. There's there's not a lot there. There's, there's, not, there's really not, not a lot there. there. Not a lot has changed. I can see why people are, are moving, but it's it's causing this overcrowding issue. So, you know, government, you need to start creating more jobs, get more contracts in. You know, a lot of... We had a couple of... Um, Car plants in and around the UK, those have now closed down. I think, um, what's the Islamic solution to this? I mean, a lot of people are talking about whenever they I get mean, confronted with this be... issue, they, they're like, um, either you succumb to it, mm. that's option A. Option B is you rent. Option mm. C is you make hydra. Like, a lot of people use that term as well. I know personally a lot of people who've considered leaving the UK altogether so that they can buy an interest-free property abroad. Mm. Um, and they're like, that. if that's what it takes, then that's what I'll have to do. And obviously that, I mean, both, it, on a spectrum, it, it looks quite extreme because, there's, you know, you're uprooting your whole life. But also like, living eternally renting is also quite Exactly. Extreme. So what are the... I mean, and I think it's just one of those conversation starters that really need, like... I mean, I have tried to think about the Islamic model of living and what Islam asks of us versus how we're actually living. Mm. And, you know, they say be in this world as a traveller. And when I don't know when you infer a lot from Islam. Right. And when I look at that, I think perhaps, you know what, you're not meant to be in one place for a long time. Mm. You're meant to go to that place, you know, do your best. You worship Allah and then you cultivate the land. And when I say cultivate the land, you might give back in terms of your profession or you you build Skipping. something, whatever it is, yeah. And perhaps, and you, you become wiser with travelling as well. Maybe we are, actually should be travelling more. So We're then not, I should get that caravan. Yeah. I want to <laughs> get a caravan. They're quite expensive. The though. only thing that pissed me off I is, actually looked into is them. the whole toilet situation. And you the can get a toilet. Situation. And who's going to empty it? I think gratitude lists are underrated and I'm very aware that a lot of people like you know hail the gratitude list and they're like yeah it's all about keeping a gratitude list but it doesn't necessarily mean you tangentially have to sit down with a notebook every day and write one to ten it's more the act of it and the act of before going to bed having some muhasaba, having some self-reflection you know in Islam they tell us it, it says that we should reflect a lot if you want to improve yourself, you need to know yourself. And if you want to know yourself, you actually have to take time to think about, I guess, your life. And I think a, a good place to start, if you're finding it difficult to actually reflect on how your day was, is a gratitude list. Like looking back and looking at what you were thankful for. And I'm not just talking about, oh, there was food on the table, or my clothes, you know, my, my boots, the tangible things. But things that are abstract as well, like... Thank you for giving me the patience in the situation I had with the racist man on the tube. Or, you know, often when I'm talking to friends or family members and they've got a grey cloud over them and they're a little bit, they're not depressed, but you know what, a continuation of 
the mental thoughts they're having or the behavior that they're having in a few months time could lead them down to a darker mm -hmm. a darker tunnel and sometimes it just starts with you being thankful and or not even being thankful I'm sure you are thankful but acknowledging and being aware of the blessings the abundant blessings it's a that we have isn't it? it's a mindfulness and it really really can have an impact on your whole life it's say, about nurturing a mindset they Be say if you have a negative thought that you should always replace it with yeah. a a thought of gratitude or something because it physically rewires mm. basically negative thinking is is not there's not even a lot of heart in it it's just habit so it's the way that your neurons are physically wired together yeah. um including the neurons in your heart it's, it's definitely a training it is uh, you know what it is with the with the gratitude list i definitely like you know people say oh i'm just a negative nancy or whatever no you're not no. you've made yourself a negative nancy like i don't believe people are inherently no. negative mindset or positive mindset no. i think it's something no but you nurtured. can fall it's into nurtured. doom and gloom yeah you yeah, can yeah, be yeah. like oh nothing's going right yeah. everything's going wrong and i've been there as well and it really i had to you know i had to start from you know, alhamdulillah for my bed sheets you know you're laughing why are you laughing because it's, it's a basic I was literally lying in bed I'm like oh life is doomed alhamdulillah for my bed sheets you know, alhamdulillah my daughter was excited when she saw them you know and you just ha really have to force yourself because yeah, you habits can be formed you know it takes 30 days they say to form a habit and you know I feel so blessed that I can look out the window and see the green trees mm. like you know for me personally alhamdulillah that's a, a huge blessing and I'm just saying it can have that that small task of having mindfulness and a gratitude list can actually really pull you back mm. from uh, slipping into a bad situation or a bad place. Um, it's that self awareness as well. Like you just when you start, it's like with our mad glad sad, right? It just means that throughout the week you're just thinking a lot more. Throughout the day you're just thinking a lot more. You're more immersed in the moment because yeah. you're trying to register. How and they say um, when calamity does hit you, mm. you're able to see it in a good light as well. Mm. Like, this is really deep, but my mum made chicken curry yesterday. Yeah. And then Zachariah, shout out to my little nephew who loves me more than Nafisa. Um, he grabbed it and it all fell on the floor. <laughs> oh, so no, it did. It did. He smashed the bowl, chicken curry gone, dinner gone. Hasn't he just been born? Yeah. <laughs> like, and it all fell on the floor. And I came to, uh, I came to my sister, my and um, then my sister and my mum told me, oh, you know, the dinner. I was like, oh, what, what? do you need any help for dinner? And they're like, oh, yeah, we need to make it. And I was like, oh, didn't you make chicken curry just now? And they're like, yeah, Zachariah dropped it all. I was like, oh, alhamdulillah. Yeah. Because it could have been something bad. The yeah, chicken yeah, might yeah. have been off, whatever it is. But to, even if you just say alhamdulillah, calamity, mm. you force your mind to think about what the positive is. Yeah, it's so true. Like, uh, even like with running a business, I'm like, no closed door is a bad closed door. Like, there's a blessing in closed doors, open doors, half open doors, whatever the door is, there's a blessing in whatever state yeah. it is in. Okay. Right. That was it. I can't come with any more. I can't do any more. And I need a two-week break. I'm done. All right. In case. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Salam. alaikum. What? Was I, not meant to say I think you said it backwards. No. Did you? I was going to say salam. Okay. And then I thought, let me say the full thing. Like, just That's it. Look. It's nice. I'll put that in still. <laughs> and just, and, and next time you walk down the street, just say, alhamdulillah, for walking. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Hi everyone, Nadra Imran, also known as Political, here from London. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amalia's Voices. We'd love to get your feedback, so if you want to get in touch or read our next episode's credits, hit us up at contribute at amalia.com. We've also got an open spot for those of you who want to submit your own voices to Amalia and tell us what you really liked or took away from this episode. You can also find us on Instagram at Amalia underscore com and on Twitter at Amalia underscore tweets. This episode was hosted and produced by Sarah Amin and we'd like to thank White City Pod for helping us out with equipment and Mario Saad for music. Like, share and subscribe and we'll see you on the next one. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.